It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday december 12th and you're listening to the epic episode 550 wow we usually do something big for these but this time we're just going to do a recap with eight million people it's going to be wonderful so joining me in no particular order we have heather newton jamie sabriel flez david masnato connor wake and roscoe shock hello everybody Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's awesome to have everybody here. We actually had the opportunity to have like nine people here, but this is what we ended up with. So it would have been eight, I think. Oh, no, nine counting me. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been crazy. I forgot to count myself in this total here. But all the uncool people bowed out. Oh, I wouldn't say that. They're all cool people, too. I mean, not as cool as the people that showed up, but sorry, people who couldn't make it. They all literally all had super legit reasons why they couldn't be here. So super legit. Um, they had to eat sandwiches. Yeah. What? They had that's to interesting. Eat sandwiches. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. So, uh, yeah. Oh, so, hey, everybody. God. Welcome. Uh, so, we all, for the listeners, we all just got back from PAX. Gosh, as of this recording, less than a week ago, it was only... Uh, Heather, you just got back like a day or two ago, right? You came back later, I think. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so I think you said you came back on Tuesday. So, we're recording on Thursday. Um, but yeah, PAX was super cool. Uh, there was a lot to see and to do, uh, for how many of us was, it was my first PAX. Who else's first PAX was it? Mine too. It was, uh, my first PAX as well. Also just like first con- big convention in general. Right. Yeah. Kind of yeah. literally that was your, and it was David's too. Both yeah. of you. It was your first big convention. Well, David, it was your first convention of any size, right? first convention of any size any yeah, industry right. yeah yeah wow and then, Connor, you've been to some small stuff you said around where yeah. you're from so yeah. i was not prepared <laughs> so. in my opinion very good choice for first convention it is it's Pax, a good one Pax yeah. is rad yeah oh yeah it was great i'm just like still tired yes so. <laughs> yep heather have you been to pax before i can't remember i'm sure we talked about that this weekend but i, I don't remember i went to it the first year that it ran that's that's what it was that's what it was booth. Yeah. Was that 2017? Right, right. Um, boy, probably. Something like that. Yeah. That sounds right. I didn't realize I, yeah. it was that new. Yeah, it's relatively I would say I didn't realize it had been running for that long because I remember when it started. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a COVID interruption. I've been to all of them except the first, so. Cool. Cool. Because it's so close to me, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And and speaking of speaking of COVID interruptions, they um. That that convention, I think, is known for having the best, um, mm-hmm. like taking care of making sure that they're everyone's following the rules. They require a vaccination. Yeah. I don't know. I think they just require like one dose of vaccination. Maybe I'm not sure. They didn't look um, at my card super specifically. I wasn't sure. Um, I think maybe the paperwork says up to date vaccination, but whether oh, okay. or not they actually right right they may just say that, to, to that. Yeah yeah. yeah. I had to bring two cards because mine they're, they're they're actually on two cards now. Like so, that's oh. weird. <laughs> they sometimes the people write it; they take up more space than they need to. Oh, um, but no. So they have super good COVID protocols. You, everyone's required to wear a mask, and they mean that. Like, yes. mm-hmm. I was sitting in a hallway eating uh, a sandwich. Like, I was way off to the side. It was counter. It was, it was where you and I ate that one day. But I was oh, in, yeah. like one more line down, so it's right by an entrance way. 
but it wasn't a super busy hallway and it was later in the day. So there was, you know, there were people, but I was 25 feet away from anyone that was walking through. And I thought, you know, this is, there were people just down the way, a little further towards the door where we were last time. And I thought, oh, I'll just eat here. So I, I pulled my mask down. I was eating there. And uh, and some dude walked past a ways away without a mask on. And this the PAX enforcer walked up and was like, hey, man, you got to wear a mask for you to be here. He's like, oh, I, I just got to go get my, it's in my bag. And the PAX guy said, oh, great. And he pulls one out of his pocket. He's like, I happen to have an extra one here. You can just have this one and put it on right now. And the guy begrudgingly <laughs> put it on, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and then he looked at me and I gave him a nod, like, yeah, well done. And he's like, you can't have your mask off in here eating. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, now I feel like I'm group with this dude who's just wandering. I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. Like, I was like, literally we did this yesterday and no one said anything. And we were, we were near those people like that were doing the check-ins and stuff. So, um, he's like, I'm sorry. They must not have just noticed. I was like, yeah, no, it's, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to break these rules. They're important to me. So, so I went and sit outside under the awning in the rain and, uh, ate a sandwich. That was the Aww. second part. Yeah. It was like, do you go eat <laughs> in the market where there's tons of people? Right, right. Or do you stand in the rain and have your sandwich get soggy right. and catch pneumonia? Right. Or something? Uh, luckily, I was just under a little awning outside. So, What was that, Jamie? There are things you could do to make your sandwich not get soggy in that situation. Oh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not. Worried. I would protect the sandwich at all. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like overhang, like turn yourself into an awning. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. pull the sandwich yeah. up. Um, well, it was I, funny because that guy was like, "You, he's like, you can go up and eat on the third floor in mm-hmm. the um in the food court, which we actually did. I with oh, David and Matthew oh, Hawker, we went up there one day and did that. I didn't even know that that was there. Yeah, it's it was not the easiest thing to find. I walked past it multiple times. It was only when David was like, "See," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's, it's literally right there." <laughs> um, and we were when we went up, it wasn't super busy, so we were able to find like a space in a corner where the three of us felt comfortable just eating. But it literally is like a quarter of a mile, and I have this like open sandwich, and I'm like, I'm not gonna go walk a quarter of a mile carrying my open sandwich <laughs> through a hall of people. Because one, yeah. I'm gonna drop it, and it was a tasty sandwich. And two, <laughs> there's just a lot of germs flying through the air. I feel like so. True. So yeah, you I just went outside. You technically have to leave the convention to get to that space. Wow. Like you yeah. have to, oh, you have yeah, to yeah, right, go out. out through the like metal You're detector. Basically, like yeah, yeah. basically in, saying go inside, where someone else's problem. <laughs> inside yes. convention center, outside of Pax's boundaries, inside yeah. convention center. Right. 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 Um, I will say, especially for the first timers, the logistics of this convention were abysmal compared to uh, past PAXs. Okay. It was wild. It was a maze. Everything was everywhere. Like trying to get around. Yeah, it was, it was very dispersed. Yeah, yeah, that was awful. It was. There it was wasn't... real cookie. PAX is not normally like that. There was another convention as well as PAX. Yeah. In yeah. the convention Social center the same weekend. Represent. Yep. Lots yeah. of history. I almost wandered into the history con at one point when I was going to my my demo for Resonum shift. I walked the wrong way and went to the uh, yeah. other convention. It was bad. You're like, why are none of these people wearing masks? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, was, I actually, it, it, oh, I'm sorry. It was, no, go ahead. Say, it actually was my job at two of the PAXs just to tell people to put their masks on. I joked that that's like all I was doing because um, I volunteered for Unpub at the at the past, last PAX East and last year's PAX Unplugged. And mm-hmm. that was like the weird liminal point where people were like being really sloppy about mm. masks and so right, it was just right. like constant telling people to put their masks back on all the right, time right there were a couple of people that wandered in the unpub room that did not have their masks on um which was annoying but 
Yeah. Um, no, the, the it was like unpub in there, like the section there was unpub. There was like a Czech games room and a few other things. Those were mm-hmm. literally a quarter of a mile at least away from everything else. It was really yeah. weird. Yep. Uh, and it was kind of mazy. Like mm-hmm. I, I had to have somebody show me the first time how to even get to unpub. And then I got lost mm-hmm. every time I went back and would just eventually find it. Yeah. Every time. And, and they had to like, they had to go so far as to put a banner at the start of the hallway that Unpub was in, which is at the yeah. end of the hallway. And so uh, that was confusing too. I wandered into the wrong room the first time I tried to go to Unpub. Yeah, because yeah, oh. those doors were closed. So they just opened right up. And I was like, oh, no, yep. not, not who I'm yeah. looking for. All right. These uh, are not the droids I'm looking for. I'm going yeah. to keep walking. <laughs> and Unpub was basically in like a back alley, like the, at the yeah. end yeah. of a back alley yeah. downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I even end up hitting up, uh, I always forget what it's called now, but the diversity lounge, which is usually across mm. from PAX, but I kept making it not in time because yeah. it took so long to get there. Right, right. I, I didn't even realize they were doing that because yes. it was so hidden. Yes. I suppose, well, it should be hidden to you. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not. I mean, it, it, but it would be nice to know that it was happening so I could like direct friends to it. <laughs> like, true. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. And, and it like, be hidden to you. And be oh enthusiastic declo- about the fact that it's happening. <laughs> Right, Listen, right, right. if I had the power to be invisible to straight people, I would abuse the hell out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that would be to pull pranks on them, Jamie. It's you cool. don't know me. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it felt like the unpub unpub room was still pretty full a lot of times. It but was. It was. It's because yeah. that was the gathering point for the designers. It's not necessarily yeah. because playtesters were like, oh good, let's play something. You know, no, it was it just was, where was all the designers too. were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I a saw quite a few side? play testers in there, like wandering yeah. around. I mean for those of you who had tables, did you have playtesters wandering in? Because yeah. uh no, Connor, you said no you didn't. I played like all your games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, David. Roscoe, did you? Because you had people playing your games, I saw. Yeah, so um, I'll just make two points. One, it really depends on the times and the slots. Um, yeah. There are a subsection of people who come to PAX specifically to do testing. Um, so I actually had a bunch of people who came by mine and, and tested. Uh, one, one thing about the layout that's kind of unfortunate, um, up until the year before the pandemic, uh, the, the unpub room was up by that food court. So when you came out of the hall to that area where the food court steps are, that whole hallway where the social studies people were, that was all uh, other stuff. All the stuff that's in that hidden hallway was up mm-hmm. there. And so like everybody had to come come in through like the hotel uh, entrance on the one side. And so you got a lot more natural traffic, like you guys are saying. So mm-hmm. the traffic is down uh, at PAX Unplugged for the Unplugged Room generally just because you have to search it out. Now there is some subsection um, but my advice would be, uh, if it's still on that spot next year, I found the two to the ten to two slot in the morning to be worse, um, mm-hmm. and the the afternoon slot to be a lot better. Um, just because uh, the thing is, a lot of the people who come, even the ones who want to go to the unpub room, at ten o'clock they want to go check out the vendor hall, right? So as soon as yeah. the vendor hall is yeah. there, they're going up there. So I typically, um, if I'm going to hang out down there ten to two, I go to help play other designers' games because I know there's going to not be many testers. And I try to schedule my slots for the afternoon. So just a piece of advice, in my opinion. But yeah, I had I had a fair number of people that I didn't know test mine, but I always pick the afternoon. Pro tip. I like it. Those hot tips. Yeah. As someone um, who has volunteered for Unpub multiple times, uh, this meshes with what I 
have heard, but I will say that in the past years, um, 10 to 2 is a lot of designers that mm-hmm. show up. So you do still get mm-hmm. wander, wandering, people wandering in. Um, but also it's part of the job of the Unpub volunteers to direct playtesters to you, or if there aren't enough people, just playtest your games themselves. Right, right. Is the I, platonic I will, ideal. I will yeah. say for, I, I spent a lot of time in the Unpub room, as I know many mm-hmm. of us did. Because yeah. uh, that was kind of our hangout after six when everything was yep. done. We just kind of grabbed some tables and started. I didn't even out. know what else was going on. It was just like, cool, 6 1 p.m. Time to hang out at Unpub <laughs> until midnight. Right, right. <laughs> so we, um, uh, Unpub was run very, very well in there. Uh, yeah. Volunteers were great. Uh, they brought pizza in the first night for people. They were bringing around yeah. snacks the next night. It was just, it was really cool. Like they really, <laughs> really did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kudos to the people who were running that. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, the the pizza was left over from the her story party that then they donated. But of course, uh, the the designer nice. on her story is one of the unpub board, so it's kind of from uh, unpub. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good clarification there. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, the volunteers and organizers of unpub. It's Ben Beagle, who's just he calls himself the mayor of unpub, and he's yes, just he the does. social dude. Uh, and then it's Chris and Suzanne Zinsley, who are the mm-hmm. two people who run cardboard Edison. Yep. So, yep. If, you, if you go to Unpub, you're in good hands. There was also a dude running around working his butt off there. He had uh, like uh, salmon colored shorts on. Uh, That's yeah. probably he's, he's, he's like relate, nice. re- related to Ben Beagle. I guess Ben Beagle's brother was there helping. And then this ah, guy is like friends with his brother and they're from Hawaii. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That, that guy was. Like Ben, Ben knows how to pick him because that dude was running <laughs> around like the whole time, like doing stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. There's a lot to do at that unpub. It was really cool to see some of my handwritten signs from last year. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> up in the in the upper levels because they ran out of signs, so I just drew some wacky ones. So um, so before we get into like the, I want to go through some specific stuff that people had. Uh, I just want to call out Connor had quite the 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 job trying to get to unpub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to pack you. Unplugged, not unpubbed, unplugged. Yeah, like, so I moved to Seattle like six months ago and I'm discovering how Seattle just doesn't, I don't think it's they don't know how to handle snow. It's just that they only get snow for like a week. So there's no point building any real infrastructure around snow. Uh, so I think when snow happens, Uh-oh. it's just uh, they kind of throw their hands up and go, well, we got just some plows. Down. We'll yeah. figure something out. But it's basically just shut down to the melt. It seems like it didn't even used to happen as much as it's happening now either is part of it, too. Warming. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so I think they I think Alaska Airlines canceled about 100 or so flights out of uh, oh. Seattle uh, the night before the flight. Um, one of mine got canceled. I didn't get an email. Someone else in the Seattle group said, I think my flight got canceled. And I was like, you were like oh, I think no. that's the same time as my flight. And then I checked and the website was like half, not sure if I had a canceled flight or not until I refreshed <laughs> it enough times. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. Um, and we'd just been watching the amazing race. And so it was that whole amazing race moment of like, flights how do they work how do i get there um which uh my partner took over and we've decided that she's gonna do the flights if we ever end up on the amazing race i'll do the fiddly building challenges or whatever um so because i had alaska on one phone she had our credit card company which we booked the flights with on the other phone 
Alaska was a six hour hold. It was it was absurd. Yeah, so I, we just cancelled that. Yeah, six hours? Like, yeah. Wow. It was that whole thing of like, do I wait for six hours and then all the flights are gone? Or do you just give up and book that flight and accept the loss of the money? <laughs> and um, that's what you want with you, Sam. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, it. it was all credit card points, so it was, like, not the worst. Um, yeah. But, you know. At that so, point, yeah. you're just trading all of that spent money for the six hours that you don't have to spend. <laughs> right, yep. right. Mm-hmm. So... I had a three-hour layover in Detroit, um, which I landed there, and I was just, like, updating people in different Slack channels and discourse, being like, I think I might actually make it. Um, and then Jason is like, Detroit? What flight? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? Um, and then Jason. Yeah. yeah, and so I was uh, heading over, and I see Connor posts, like, you know, uh, oh, I'm in Detroit. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to Detroit because I live in Michigan and I was going to fly out of Detroit because it was a straight flight. So when I said, what flight are you on? And he told me, and I'm like, no way. That's the flight I'm on. How random no is that? Yo, so that was pretty important. great. So we Did hung like out in the airport for a couple hours. On the yeah, plane? Was, we didn't sit by each other on the plane, but it was nice because. I... Oh, go ahead. I did sit next to two other people who were on my original flight who canceled that flight and ended up sitting in the same row on their new flight. So that was silly. <laughs> Including um, some dude that was like seven feet tall. Like oh, literally yeah. seven feet tall. Yeah. I felt yeah. so bad that wow. the seats were tiny. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, that was cool. We hung out for a couple hours in the airport and got to like meet each other in person for a bit before <laughs> we uh, uh, went to PAX and then split up when we got to PAX. Cause I was going to an Airbnb. You were going downtown and uh, yeah, I will say uh, one thing that PAX did really well, the vaccination lines were super fast. Like mm-hmm. um, you would, we're going to go the night before Connor, because you were, mm-hmm. you had heard that the line was short, but I got there the next morning at like noon and the line was no, like 1130, I think. And the line was, was, there was no line. I just walked right in and got my thing. So they had like um, 20 people. Yeah, yeah. They had a yeah. lot of people on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was on the way to my hotel. So, so it wasn't too bad, but yeah, they also had good. multiple, places you could go like there were multiple entrances and any of those entrances you went through you could get the badge i mean you could get the wristband at um and then yeah. each entrance had only one or two metal detectors yes yeah, so but they <laughs> were pretty good awful. though uh i was apparently suspicious because like you walk through and if it doesn't beep you don't have to stop and i walked through it didn't beep and the lady's like everybody keep moving keep moving like like if it didn't beep keep moving and i looked at her and i nodded my head and she's like you come over here and then she <laughs> my back. I was like, what? I was like, it didn't beep. She's like, it doesn't matter. I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> Last time I make eye contact with someone, that'll teach me. Yeah. Do what I, I do. Nodding like, haha, I got through with my game prototypes. Yeah. They're so boring. They're deadly. You know? So. Ready to claim people's lives through boring them. Yes. Yes. So uh, they'll just lose their will to live. Oh my god! Well, well, playing super boring games. <laughs> Waste away into nothing. Melt right. before your eyes, like a wax right. museum cranked right. up to a hundred degrees. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so let's um, real quick. Uh, I know we didn't. Everybody but Heather did some play testing. Uh, I would just love to hear um some notes about how everybody's uh play testing went. Um, Roscoe, why don't you uh why don't you go first? Uh, sure. So, um, I was testing two things. Um. One, my murder in Hexville, I made a uh, giant board 
I've been testing it uh, on digital and I wanted to kind of see how it would work physically. Um, so the board was so big, it was like 30 inches by 30 inches. So it basically was enormous. Wouldn't, <laughs> it, wouldn't fit, it wouldn't fit on the table. Um, and I did get uh, one full test of that in. Uh, some designer friends of mine walked through that. And then I had two uh, random uh, play testers come through and try it a little bit. The one, uh, I'll try not to belabor the story, but like when they came up, I, sometimes like if you've done enough of these events, you can kind of tell. And it was a dad and his and his kid. And I'm like, this is not the right fit. This game's too thinky. It's six o'clock at night. Like you don't want this. This is brain burning. And so I tried yeah. to explain that to him. He's like, oh, but you think we're like not smart enough? I said, no, I'm just like, you look like you're kind of tired and maybe you want something a little bit lighter. So I took a half hour setting it up and explaining the game. And then five minutes and they're like, yeah, this isn't for us. So I was yeah. like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but that's how it goes sometimes. So you say thank you and move on. Uh, but I was mostly also testing Pompeii, and I had a bunch of really good tests for that. Uh, I had a couple people ask to buy it, which is always a great feeling. And um, mm -hmm. the one um, – I played two-player with uh, with one uh, random playtester, and we got in a situation where because it has a triggered ending for the eruption of the volcano for Vesuvius, um, the dice can just not cooperate. and just, like, roll all ones. And so um, – we kind of got in a situation where like that hadn't really happened in playtesting. It, it kind of ended in a normal state. So it was kind of dragging on. So it was good to find that hole uh, in, in the game mm -hmm. uh, and the rules logic. So uh, that was cool. And so I found a very thematic and, and obvious way to, to fix that so that never happened. So yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's what I mostly tested uh, besides other people's stuff, which I'll let them talk about. So yeah, I was, I was super happy. So I'm basically done with Pompeii. It's, I'm not going to make any more changes until... Uh, publisher asked for them so nice. yeah pretty good for Great. me overall awesome um who wants to go next david david wants to go next <laughs> yeah i um i got i only brought one game uh with me to play test um so i brought roommates um with a few new changes um that are like fairly significant, but it still feels very much and plays very much like the same game. Um, one of them was uh, sort of in the after hours in the un unpub area. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't book a table um, because I didn't really want to commit to the time block, especially with this being like my first con. I wanted to make yeah. sure I was getting a lot of time and it, in a bunch of different areas and just like kind of see how I was feeling. Um, but yeah, I got a, did about a half playthrough of that in the unpub room and got some pretty good notes and I'm still trying to work my way through and figure out what to do with. Um, and then I got like sort of semi fooled into doing a second play test of it. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, um, I got a, I got a text from, um, my designer friend turned real friend, um, Jay Bell, um, the, the wonderful Jay Bell, um, sent me a text and was like, Hey, come up to the convention hall. I want to, I want to introduce you to someone. We want to hang out. So I go, I go up and we're talking and hanging out. And, um, he, uh, the person who comes over is, um, Russ from, uh, uh, Chits and Giggles. He does like, he's, on social media does a bunch of you know board game promo type stuff he's fantastic um 
So, you know, Jay makes the introduction, we're talking and stuff, and then Jay's like, we're going to play roommates, come over here. (laughs) God, Jay, no. (laughs) What? Um, So we we ended up playing it, um, like a totally impromptu, unexpected playthrough of of roommates. Um, And it was was really fun. It, It went pretty well, but a lot of the same things from the the unpub room test came up um so i'm trying a new th- a couple new things to address what ha- uh what was what was coming up um i I, th- I think i know what i want to do but i don't know i don't know what i'm doing um so it's <laughs> um we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> um but yeah it was it was really good excellent excellent uh, Jamie, you want to oh. talk about, I know you actually did a lot of demoing. Yeah, uh, I figured I could go last because I'm not talking about oh. playtesting. Well, then you can go last. Connor, your last. turn. Connor's turn. Oh, gosh. Um, I was just thinking back and I don't, I didn't actually do that much playtesting. Because um, I think I hit this point where I was like, this is a lot. I don't really want to be criticized right now. Yeah. So I was just like, I got my playlist in of each game. I don't have mm-hmm. the energy to like fix them. And I know it's like what, what you just said, David, if I show it off again, it's just going to be the same thing. It's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, yeah. But the two playtests, two and a half playtests I got in were, were pretty good, um, which was also conveniently just with uh, Jason and David. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Easy crowd. Um, <laughs> I play tested two games, so I've got my conveyor game, which I think is going pretty well. It was the first time we actually got through enough of the game to see the problems towards the end of the game, which was nice. Because um, I keep, I've had this thing where I couldn't get the game to speed up quick enough. Um, and in my last playtest before I left, uh, someone was like, "You should just remove a row from the conveyor," because uh, there's seven rows and now there's six, and I did, mm. and then you all actually got upgrades and stuff instead of half an hour later, no one's done anything. Um, so <laughs> it was great. Um, so basically I just need to clean some stuff up and fix that one. Um, but I think, I think, uh, as you said, David, it's like pushing it down the conveyor feels nice. And that's the whole hook. It does. It just, <laughs> it's, yeah, oh. great. Um, then I had the ghoulist, which is my, uh, bunch of ghouls going to a party and you're trying to convince them to be friends with you and hang out with you um <laughs> which is essentially a bidding game with like some kind of point salady like get these amounts of things mm-hmm. and stuff it's really fun um thank you uh i had a pitch for that or a pitch slash let's just play it and see uh meeting mm-hmm. set up for that later in the day and before i left i was like i need to change all the balance um, because I need this to be slightly harder. Um, mm. Like, slightly harder for everyone to meet all the goals. I wanted people to meet, like, 60% of the goals, not 100% of the goals, because then it was a bit mm-hmm. boring. Um, so I just did that, didn't test it, because um, I didn't have time. And then I was like, <laughs> should I test it before I show this to a publisher? Do I want to deal with the consequences? Like, let's say I find out it doesn't work, right? Let's say I, I broke it. <laughs> what do I do? I can't just not show it. To, that's bad too. I haven't made it better, you know? So I might as well just <laughs> deal with it and show it to them. But then I was like, nah, sh- uh, let's just actually do this. And it worked out. Um, right. And then, uh, as you probably all saw in the Discord, um, I showed it to the publisher. Uh, one person in the publisher really likes it still. The new person who played it 
uh, my graphic design skills are bad. Um, so they got confused. Um, so I think they're going to have to play it again just to be like, look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. But I've been panic fixing the graphic design this whole week. So appreciate really? everyone who weighed in. And also Roscoe for convincing me to not use my favorite font because it's unreadable for small numbers, even though I think it looks rough. Um, so that was me. That was my playtesting. So I um, did a bit of playtesting. Um, Roscoe and I had a game that we workshopped there called It's Definitely a Rectangle that we did for fun <laughs> to see how that would go. Uh, and we had a great time uh, you, demoing yeah. that. You totally missed it, Jamie. Oh, Jamie, you did. You missed that. Yeah. yeah. So, That's um, incredible. I love that. This is probably like my favorite thing to come out of building the game is just the meme of it's definitely a rectangle yes well now oh it is God. also a game uh it's definitely a game <laughs> call it it's definitely a rectangle so uh roscoe and i goofed around and we made this game and uh and it turns out that like it's it's actually playable um so we did some workshopping um who was all i know brian was there with us um connor were you playing it with us yep yep you were yep. playing it with us I feel like Zoe, uh, Zoe was there, yeah. Zoe, Zoe was, was there, yep, yep. I was um, watching you. I was kind of distracted talking to other people, but I was observing, yeah. And uh, so we went through uh, quite a few iterations just on the fly, and I think we finally came up with something fun. Um, so we're going to – we'll see what we're going to do with that. Roscoe and I honestly haven't talked about it yet because we haven't been back that long. Uh, I also got a great playtest in uh, with Connor of uh, Super Robo Country, our Super Mario platformer game. Connor mm -hmm. had some really good feedback on that, uh, including like adding a meeple uh, to remove drawing lines. So we're making a new version that's going to use a meeple and tokens uh, because we don't know that that's the right solution. Uh, but we do know that the issues that you experienced, Connor, Jonathan, my co-designer, was like people constantly complain to have to look back and forth between the map and the level you're making and running. Um, so he was like, let's just try it. Like, why not? So I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to print up some meeple robots and uh, print up some gears and stuff that we can use uh, as tokens. And then uh, we're going to try it that way. So other than that, uh, the balancing felt pretty solid on it. The map portion was fun. Oh, yeah. um, the the like biggest thing. I, mm -hmm. I was just saying I like that part. Oh, thank you. I, you froze <laughs> Sorry. You said that. I thought you said we're cutting out and I was like, Oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, no. So it was, uh, yeah, the map part was the part you gave the best feedback on for that it worked. And so that was pretty exciting. Um, yeah. So I was really happy with that. Um, I feel like I play tested other you, stuff too. You play tested a couple rounds of opposite of opposite that I also. Yes. Yep. I, I, I guess you actually got me to play test something. I was I did. Kind of yes. adamant that I wasn't going to, but I did do that. We were at the meetup <laughs> and I was like, come on. We had a little BTG meetup. I was like, let's play opposite is opposite. And it was fun, and y'all had some good feedback, yeah. uh, which was I can't remember um, exactly how you phrased it. So somebody refresh me. So here's what I remember: I remember you write. So you write a word, you write the opposite word, but then somebody said the next word can't start with the letter of the word before you, the word you're writing. Is that what it was? It was you. You need some way yeah. so that the opposite doesn't become a obvious opposite and then so because slot between like carnivore herbivore carnivore right herbivore. so basically if mm -hmm. you wrote carnivore i would write herbivore and then i would put a c with a cross through it that says they can't start the next oh. word with a c so okay. yeah yep. yeah perfect or, or another idea that i don't remember who said it was do the just one thing where the same word can't be written twice or less points should you maybe right. so you have to try to think of something less obvious 
Yeah, right, I'm worried right. that doing the like C with a cross out is too much of a hint because like if I get a card that says herbivore and also has a crossed out C, it's like, oh, well, obviously the previous word was carnivore. And now I ignore herbivore and I just think about carnivore and write, try to get someone to, you know what Should I mean? Should we explain the game? that's not how this podcast goes yeah okay. yeah no i've talked good. about the game enough on here that i'm not worried about it and you write opposite words to the opposite words yeah it's called opposite is opposite that's what you need to know yeah. um so uh so yeah so i need to do a little bit more with that but i felt really good coming off it that um there were some easy ways to change it um so my favorite was when we were like, let's just like have somebody pick a number like you do in those number games. And then we picked a number and then realized that meant you knew what the word was. Oh my was. God. Yeah. <laughs> that and, was, and, that um, was me. That was all my fault. I think <laughs> Roscoe or somebody mentioned you could roll a die to do that. I yeah. would like to not put a dice in the game just because it's mm -hmm. one extra thing. Um, and I'd really like to keep this real like slim form factor type thing that it's, it's real easy packaging. You could have a deck of six cards of which you draw. That's one. true. That's but, true. Yeah. It is more cards though. So I'm yeah, yeah, totally. I'm not sure. I could also write the words in different orientations or something. So when you pick the card up, it's the word yeah. that you see on the top. And mm. really, you know what I mean? The words hex are cards. Like, what'd you say? Hex cards. Hex shaped oh my cards. God. Hex hex cards. Card. Yeah. Yeah, those don't, those don't fit in Hexagons are the um, best of guns, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to design a game called that. <laughs> you haven't heard people say that? No. <laughs> that's, wow, you're like the only person in the world that hasn't heard that phrase in board game world. Probably true. Um, I do I do like that idea because it would make it all, it would be randomized. Um, I do mm -hmm. like that, you know. I mean, it would be obviously be the honor system, but I, that's fine. Um, the only the only problem I see with that is those cards do not fit in a hook box, uh, which is a bummer because the hook box is cheaper. But Nor I also might, what'd you say? Nor do they, Nor do they shuffle. shuffle. <laughs> yeah. Nor are they functional in any other way. Uh, no. I mean, I did give you the suggestion to go down to four cards per picker card instead of six, so you can trim the fat and like trim out the yeah. easy ones from each card. Right. And, and so you, but that gives everybody, that gives you a 25% chance immediately of guessing. And that feels mm. a little too much, like a little too high. Oh, like I like, I, I like I the see. one in six, you know, to make it harder. Um, I'll, I'll mess around with it. There still could be a way it could be easy to do long ways on the card that there were two words now, but then you got to pick between two words. I, I don't know. I'll figure it out. So, um, yeah. you can do eight words and then each side you're always picking between two. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Then I have to come up with more words, so I strike that. <laughs> I don't want to come or up with more words. just consolidate the card. Just move some words over. Anyway, yeah. I'll stop harping cool, on cool, you. Cool, 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 cool. We're still um, workshopping. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my playtesting. I, I think I did some other stuff too, but um, yeah, uh, Keith and I, yeah. Keith and I tested unrealist. They're rolling right with you. Oh yeah, I saw you doing oh, that too. Yeah, thank you for that. Yes, yes. Uh, and since then, I've been able to meet with Kelly. We've uh, taking the ideas you gave and then made some tweaks to set ideas. And I think we've arrived at something we're very happy with that, that captures what we wanted, but then uses the practicality you were using to make it work better. Um, so I'm super happy with where we've landed with that. We have to do another play test of it, and then we're going to try and turn it over to the publisher and have them decide. Mm, nice. So, yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Jamie. Jamie. Oh, Jamie time. 
So I was not playtesting in Unpublished. Stop. Play it's Jamie time. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> I had to do nope it. on the floor and a magic <laughs> on the mic. Um, so I still Bro, unironically. The yeah, I, I unironically still love that song. But uh, anyway, I was not playtesting. Yeah. I was not playtesting in the traditional sense. I was demoing in the expo hall for the mm. first time. Um, it was very exciting, very scary, and very different from playtesting. Oh boy. Um, I have my, I have my pitch and I have my like five minute teach hammered down because I was doing it constantly for eight hours total Two, I had two four hour blocks at, um, the night moves cafe booth in the expo hall. Um, some major takeaways were that, uh, the game is rad. People love the game. I, it was sort of like my first big social test of like, does a massive crowd of gamers see this as an interesting design and an interesting product? And the answer is yes. And of course I had a bunch of people bounce off, but that's always gonna happen with every game. Um, but on Friday, the tables, my table was literally never empty, which was very exciting. Um, the art was an enormous draw, perhaps too good of a draw. I had, I would say probably about, yeah, to go back one second, I had about 10 people ask me if they could buy the game. So similar to what Roscoe was saying, that's like mm -hmm. always a great sign. But I had about 40 people ask me if they could buy some of the art because uh, they came in just being interested in the art. And they were like, oh my God, this art is rad. Who's the artist? Can I buy some? Can I buy prints? Um, and I was like, oh no, actually it's for this game, Fight Sequence, a game about psychics thinking about fighting. And they were like, okay, bye. <laughs> just totally mm -hmm. not interested at all. Um, so I need to... Um, renegotiate the contracts with my artists so I can sell art prints too, because right now I can't, uh, and uh, um, yeah. bring them to the booth uh, next time, if uh, slash when I have a booth again. That's a great um, idea. Yeah. The other big thing that happened, uh, basically the biggest takeaway is, um, so I am, yeah, one of the things that I've been realizing about being on the autism spectrum is that it makes me not quite a perfectionist, but when a plan goes awry, it like really, really throws me off. And you can't rely on plans not going awry when doing a demo mm -hmm. booth at a convention. Basically, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And I, I had to do, like, thanks to the help of a whole bunch of people, uh, Matthew Hawker especially, um, my friend Matt who was there, and Andrew Chesney of Chip Theory Games. Big shout out to Andrew if, uh, if he's listening. Um, helped me set up on the two various days with a whole bunch of, like, DIY stuff. And, you know, I, like, put a tarp over cardboard boxes and taped posters to them. Um, that kind of stuff, because uh, nothing came out the way that I thought they would. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a really, really good experience. And um, the second half of stuff is related to publishers, but I will talk about that when we get to that part. Um, well, you know what? Uh, Connor already threw out his publisher stuff, so why don't you, right, Connor? Because you were talking about your meetings. Oh, part of it. Oh, like... part of it. Okay, well, never mind. Um, well, yeah, let's take a break from that real quick. Um so uh, what are you uh, – did anybody find anything cool in the vendor hall that they thought was super cool? If you didn't, it's okay. Yeah. You can say you didn't. Yes. But if you did – and, Jamie, if you say fight sequence, I'm going to kick you no. off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I – haven't, I've said it – I haven't said it enough times. Um, no, so I, I was super bummed last year at PAX. I meant to pick up a shirt that I really, really loved because it, uh, it combines two of my favorite IPs ever in one cool shirt. And it was back again this year, and I was very excited. Um, Haruho Haruhara versus the world. 
uh, and it's Haruho in the like classic Scott Pilgrim pose. Um, for those of you who don't know, she's the protagonist of the anime FLCL, which is a wild ride and definitely still holds up. So go watch it. Um, the sequels don't exist, but watch the original six episodes. Um, and uh, and then I also found a whole bunch of cool shirts and pins. Um, I saved the receipt email. Um, Floral Frolic. They were rad. They were super rad. And they had a lot of really, really awesome, like, lovely, like, beautiful fox art. They they do, they started with children's books, and then they also moved into, like, some game design stuff with Asmati and stuff, and they just had a whole bunch of rad, like, enamel pins and sci-fi stuff, and it was just, like, cool foxes and floral things and sci-fi landscapes. And, like, those were the two things, but in the same art style. And I was like, this is weird and awesome. So... <laughs> Yeah, Floral Frolic. I got a shirt from them, and I'm going to get some enamel pins as well. Cool. I'll quick uh, I'll quick throw something out. Two things here. One, I also mm. got a shirt uh, from Copper Frog Games. Um, they have this cool- Yeah, they're local to me. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have this Copper cool, Frog is like um, in my backyard, essentially. They have a really cool meeple design they used for their bags, but they also yes. put it on a shirt now uh, in bright yellow, and I loved it. So I got it. I was super stoked about that. Uh, the other thing I found was um, the company I Can't, Go on, uh, which is a like I can't go on, but it's a play on words of Immanuel Kant, uh, and it is amazing. Uh, and it's made by Jessica Crean, I think her name is. Um, so uh, I'm hoping to have her on the show soon. But I stopped by uh, and looked at they have all these little box games, and I ended up buying the lot. Like they had a huge pack of all like nine of their games for like $129, and they were small Ooh. and they fit in my suitcase, and I, I picked them all up. But they're like existential like games and games. stuff, like um. Like uh, there's one called Schrodinger's cat and she's describing that. And she's like, this game can play in five minutes or it could, it could, you know, continue through the heat death of the universe. So, um, uh, which is fantastic. Um, or the demo where uh, you were telling me about the demo where it was like, Hey, are you sure you want to make that choice? Cause you're going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 It was really, cause it was very nonchalant. Like, Oh, is that, are you sure? Cause you're going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. Like, Oh my gosh. Like these, these people are so on point. So, uh, so I wanted to support that that business right there. So I, I bought their yeah. games. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, I, I talked to Jessica about having her on the show to to talk more about it. I'm into super, like those types of games that kind of the games I talk about, the coaching games I've been working on. It, it Her and I talked about that for a little bit and everything lines up together. So I love it. Nice. Um, so yeah. So anyways, uh, I was excited about that. Uh, Heather, you have not got to talk enough. Tell us what you found, if you found something. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the vendor hall on Sunday right. and I, I was very much on a mission to find people I knew and give them a cookie and tell them I'd like to talk <laughs> to them later when we're not wearing masks in a loud room. So I had cookies with um, my contact information and a calendar sign up link on there. And I think mm -hmm. that um, I don't really expect anyone to use that link, but I think that if I message those people that I know I ran into and say, hey, you should use that calendar link. I think they will because they'll remember that meeting very well. Many people <laughs> who I gave them to were like, oh my gosh, you're so sweet. You're like so cute and sweet. I'm like, I don't know. Okay, I guess I'm cute and sweet. <laughs> but they were gluten-free and there were several people. That was the right choice because there were several people who started going, no, I can't have that. And then I told them it was gluten-free and it made their whole life because they were like hungry and tired. And um, and actually Jessica asked for something vegan and the toffees were vegan and I was able to give her toffees and she was just like, 
you're my favorite person right now. So I, I got to have a lot of those like little happy moments in the vendor hall as well as like anywhere I went and on pub and everything. Um, but the things that I saw in the vendor hall that I was excited about were um, The Great Rat Wars was a game that was tested a long time ago at Protospiel Online. I almost had mm-hmm. forgotten about it. Then I saw it on the table. I'm like, oh, yeah, I played this. This was I kind of I remember this. This is a long time ago, but it was fun. And now they have like all these fancy minis and it was pretty exciting to like see it have come that far. And actually, Joachim from Germany, who like his first convention at all i think certainly his first playtesting invention was protospiel online a few years ago so they actually befriended him and flew him from germany to help them with their booth so that was Mm -hmm. all a very like sweet story and i also found um colorway game labs i think i'm saying the whole thing correctly omari's booth and and his brother hamu and like hamu is not as famous as omari in the board game circles um, but they were some of the very first people I talked to with Protospiel Online getting um, getting set up with just kind of people to partner and be at the event. And so I stood there and talked to Hamu forever. And their booth was just like, it was super rad. You know, I am a very, very white girl, but it was a very, still very inviting, very fun. Uh, they had like a, a board game, or I'm sorry, they had a huge d20 foam d20 and then they had a small basketball hoop and they were like shooting hoops <laughs> with the die and then like when it would land they'd go okay i need to know how many points that shot was worth okay that one's a 10 <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and, and omari was in his fabulousness with like rhinestones on his face and like a beautiful light up tail <laughs> it yes. was just oh my God. very fun amazing very fun at their booth i had a good time there they like they they hooked me in i was trying to get around but like hamu talked my ear off um and i also got to see <laughs> uh for tessa's goofy movie game all set up and they were very excited <gasps> about it at i was looking for Fatessa, didn't find for tessa but i got to see the game and um all of her coworkers gushing about how it it's like it tricks people into being board gamers. Like they love Goofy and it's like a map of the US. They're like, oh, this looks easy. And then like suddenly they're learning how to play board games. Oh um, my God. Yeah, I think those are the main like ones that I would highlight, things that I saw that I was happy for folks in my community about. Awesome. David. A Goofy movie was one of my favorite movies growing up. So the fact that there's a board game coming out for it is extremely exciting to me. Mm-hmm. David, your turn. Um, I honestly like I I went into PAX with the goal just being to like finally meet everybody that I've met on the internet in real life. Um, so like the show floor was cool and there was a lot of cool stuff up there, but like I was kind of more interested in the people than any of the games. <laughs> um, and like. I think it was interesting talking to a lot of designers because I think we're all kind of in a similar or many of us are in a similar headspace right now where like most of the games I'm most excited about right now haven't been signed. (laughs) Um, So it was kind of like a room full of stuff that I didn't have any interest in buying, even though a lot of it was really cool. Um, So I had a, a, a couple interactions with, I basically used the the floor as like an opportunity to like approach people who I'd wanted to talk to and introduce myself to and meet um, and just like tell them how cool I think they are. And 
there, there were a few interactions where I, I walked up and I had to kind of preface it with like, I'm not here to buy things. I just want to tell you that I think you're great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was, um, it was really, it was really nice. Um, but it was also a relief to like, not be on the show floor. I think every time I left, it was like, mm-hmm. cool. I can like go back to the stuff I'm, I'm more excited about. Um, one thing about the show floor that's like a plus is that you you can read social media and kind of know where people will be and there's a map with numbers mm-hmm. and you can go to that place but when you do go to that place they're very distracted it's very loud it's not a great mm-hmm. place to talk for very long so yeah yeah no, yeah I, I I tried to be mindful of like making my interactions as quick as possible yeah. um, because like they're they're working they've got a they've got stuff to do um but yeah it was it I, I think if i had to pick like one game on the show floor that i was kind of i found like kind of compelling and i want to learn a little more about um uh, fit to print looked pretty cool um the flat out games uh game that's like about running a newspaper and putting I together to did you try it i got to try that so because flat out's in seattle so i got to play it back when they were demoing at a local store and i got Mm. to do their team mode which is like some absurd it looks wacky 12 person mode it was great yeah i kind of prefer it to the normal game actually (laughs) yeah to be honest it was good um it looks pretty cool um so I was excited to try that. It was also like I, I love leader games and stuff. So like I got to see Ahoy in person, and it's as gorgeous as I was expecting it to be. And it was that was very difficult to not walk away with a copy of that. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think it, my, the the most exciting thing on the show floor for me was just the people, and finally like getting to meet some people who I admire a bunch. Most I was... exciting thing were the friends you met along the way. I was... I, that's not what I said. <laughs> I, I, I would like that redacted, please. <laughs> I, that's not what I said. I was I was looking for um, Eric Slauson to introduce David to him, and we <laughs> went to the booth where he was working. He wasn't there, and we started walking away, and we saw him being interviewed by somebody. We're like, oh, perfect. We'll just wait for him to be done and then talk to him. We like looked at each other to say something and we looked back to where he was and he had like, it was like it he was had like vanished in a cloud of smoke or something. The most like <laughs> Looney Tunes like, Animaniacs moment. It was, it was so bizarre. <laughs> we eventually found him, but yes, it was like, very And he was, a, he was a delight. He was as wonderful as everyone I've, I've. He's amazing. Yeah. I've been told like, I, I words are hard but i'm not i'm not i'm not <laughs> saying this correctly but eric was fantastic mm. roscoe how about you uh yeah so um one thing about the vendor hall that i'll just make a comment from last year like uh you can definitely tell the numbers are way up last year it was pretty empty uh on the exhibitor hall and this year it was packed you could like there every space was had tables and events and learn to plays and stuff like that. So it was great to see it mm-hmm. kind of be back the way it was before the pandemic. So, um, so the most interesting thing I found on the, the, um, vendor hall area was, um, there's a game called Gosu. I don't know if anybody's ever played it. It's a little bit of like a magic style card battler. Um, but it's, it's a two player game and it comes with a hundred cards. That's it. You don't buy any extra cards. And the thing that's interesting about it is, um, it's a shared deck 
or a shared library. So you don't have your own deck. There's a fixed set of cards and you play off the top and there's like five different clans that have different abilities and you kind of battle back and forth. So it's just kind of like an innovative thing. And um, I've always really loved that part of that design. It's really, really hard to do well. And it did a pretty decent job. Uh, they had made a second version to fix some of the bugs in the first one. This came out in 2010 initially. Um, but uh, me and my friend were walking by uh, Hatchet Games. And so they, they bring a lot of the, of the European stuff over and they had this one from uh, Sorry, We're French. And so there's a new version called Gosu X, uh, which is like a reimagining of it. And uh, so we saw a little bit of a demo of that and I bought that and me and my friend played it later. Um, I still think it doesn't capture the thing of the original, but it was just interesting to see a game that like 13 years ago you played and like had this like a lot of love for. We played hours and hours of that when it first came out and then like see a new version of it. So it was just kind of like surprising because I didn't know anything about it. And uh, we had a lot of fun just kind of checking out the new version. Um, so we'll have to check it out more and see how it goes. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a random thing, but that was the, the coolest thing I saw. Awesome. And Connor. Um, two things. Also found some good pins. Um, I found one stall called, I have to look this up, uh, Fantastic Knickknackery. Um, they yes. have these really cute, uh, like, uh, exploded dice so like the dice were all unfolded as pins and they had like pretty floral patterns and so mm-hmm. I got like a little uh, d6 um, that was like in my favorite blue color good I got a um, hand carved wood pronoun pin from there oh yeah they had, they had a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. um, and then the other part this wasn't quite on the show floor but uh, someone else had bought a copy of and I'm going to swear because it's in the title of the game uh, mm-hmm. Shitty Werewolf um, yes. Heard of that one? That's okay. forever stoked. So, uh, someone else had bought this, and we we're just sitting at a table, uh, being like, "Do we want to try this thing?" And I am so much just an introvert. I've also got all my—I'm just tired all the time anyway. So I was just dead, and I was like, "Oh boy, social deduction game. Here we go. Big <laughs> it's really warm. I'm so tired, but I do want to hang out with people. And conveniently, it's it's." It's basically trying to be bad werewolf, uh, yep. is the gist I got of it. Um, and everyone gets normal werewolf stuff. Um, and then they also get a special role of like some silly thing you're supposed to do super conveniently. Mine was uh, the friend who just wants to be part of the group, but doesn't actually play board <laughs> games. Um, and my, my rule was I had to be on my phone the entire time and ask an obvious question every round. So I basically was told by the game to just zone out for a bit. That's so horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. The game is letting me zone out for a few minutes. I, I That'll be perfect. I can come back into this conversation mm-hmm. later. But one person, and I asked this, and then I was paying attention to ask questions. And I was like, am I, am I supposed to lie? And just like silly things like that. And one person mm-hmm. thought I was being serious the whole time. <gasps> Um, oh no! Like, <laughs> who is this person? Like on their no. phone, asking if you're supposed to lie during werewolf. Um, Incredible! That's awesome. Yeah. So I think I played the role perfectly. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it was good. Had a good time. Um, but yeah, you managed to you... convince them you weren't paying attention. I love that. Like that ultimate <laughs> werewolf right there. Did Can you I... get the opportunity oh, to redeem yourself? 
Oh, like, yeah. And like to like explain so, that you were just like a horrible yeah, yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Because um, everyone else sees one other person's roll card. And then, Got uh, but it. that, but funnily enough, that person who had seen mine was supposed to have their eyes closed the whole time because they had a night shift. Um, uh, uh. And so they couldn't see me doing that. <laughs> but then as soon as they opened their eyes, they were like, oh. And then Incredible. it was explained. And then I was like, okay, I can stop being on my phone quite so much. Uh, can I? Be a, can I shill that booth for a minute? Go for it. Is that all right? So that's the Forever Stoked Creative booth. Um, and those peeps are local to me, not all of them, but the two peeps that head it, Andrea and Matt Fantastic. Not They're not married. It's Andrea who has a different last name. Um, but Andrea is someone that I've known for years and years. We met in the Boston Game Makers Guild until she moved to the Midwest and joined Forever Stoked. And Matt Fantastic is the person who drew all the cards for Shitty Werewolf. Um, and made all the roles and it is outrageous because he's not an artist and it's amazing and that was like the one thing that was shown to me in the three minutes that I could go visit them at the booth Um, and you will hear more about Forever Stoked Creative the next time I'm on a proper podcast episode (laughs) and and to point out the art was uh, bad Uh, oh it's real bad I'm pretty sure yeah I'm pretty sure (laughs) each card was done within like 10 seconds with a big sharpie some of yep. them are just going off the side of the card, so it's yes. not even lined up correctly. Um, yeah. yeah. It's great. Black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely get your own copy if you ever see it. It's the best. It was fun. That sounds great. All right. That is everybody with that. Let's, uh, we are, we are going a little over on time, but that's okay. Uh, there are a lot of us, so I'm not surprised. Uh, so, hey, let's, um, here. Let's talk about what you say, and you're here. Yeah, and I'm here. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, no, let's uh, let's everybody check in with uh, any if they ha- if you had a publisher meeting uh, while you were here. We'll start with Connor since Connor uh, gave us a little bit of information already. So sure. Connor, why don't you uh, jump on it? Yeah. Um, on yeah. So I had that <laughs> uh, pitch slash slash play test, which was just a. Um, like they just wanted to show the rest of their team and see what's up. Um, they're a publisher that doesn't like usually take pitches as like official pitches, so the process is different <laughs> from other stuff. So uh, we will see how that one goes. I think it went well, but like since they don't take pitches, they're also very picky. Um, so that's that. Um, but I got to chat about them with their, their like how their business model works and all that sort of stuff, um, and like what themes they would want to do and like the difficulty of some themes versus others maybe it doesn't matter because the theme's cool and who cares but then again you gotta sell them all i heard a lot of that sort of talk over talking to the publishers they're all like because the next publisher i pitched my uh two-player game to and it's very much a two-player game because everything is super focused on the two players you couldn't make a is it the multiple player mode the Tetromino game or Polyomino yeah. game? Holly Holly and Eric. It's a is t- it the Tetromino game? <laughs> Have you played any of Connor's games? That is not specific. <laughs> oh yeah. When <laughs> I was unspecific. When I was at that board game broads party, we were taking a group picture and someone was like, Hey, you girl in the mask. And they were like, That's not enough information. <laughs> girl with the horns, there's still more than one of that. <laughs> so, anyways. Cons. Yeah. <laughs> Conveyor bots is also about making polyominoes out of cubes so Fair, like i've okay. stuck them in somehow everywhere okay the polyomino um, <laughs> game i've play tested with you 
<laughs> you know what oh, I'm yes, talking about. Oh, yes. The audience yes. is very familiar with that, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's my little tug of war thing. Um, so it's very specifically two player. Um, and the publisher was like, this seems interested. I'm interested. I don't know why everyone doesn't like two player games or games that are specifically for two players or specific player counts because those games are cool. But that's not how the market works. And I, that was the general theme from all of the publishers was just like, uh, hmm. this seems cool and interesting, but we have to play it safe because uh, one person was like, we don't have any capital anymore because of the pandemic and we couldn't sell anything for a while. So everything has to be Kickstarter. We can't do direct mm. retail because we don't have that money yet unless you come back in three years time and hopefully mm-hmm. everything's gone well. So everything <laughs> seems to just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, so come back in three like, years, it'll be great. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> It seems like everything's just slow and cautious, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'll talk about this some other time. But I'd love different metrics of success for publishing games and different models and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of maybe what I was thinking we about. We'll talk about that maybe some other time. Will, That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, <laughs> maybe um, we I talk should about that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I know lots of people have talked about this sort of stuff, but it made me go like, okay, I should, maybe I can do something. Or like mm-hmm. about this because I've got some games that I'm like they don't like I've got a word uh, roll and pick and write game it's a roll and write but you don't roll anything um, and word games are also one of those difficult to market games one person was they like really well are. we have a word game coming out later and if that one does well then we could maybe do yours so it's again <laughs> that like hedging their bets of like they gotta be super cautious and careful about everything it's like I don't need it to sell 10,000 just want some people to yeah, play but it. they need it too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. They need yeah. it too. I just want to get them published. But here's the problem. If I have a two-player game and I want it to be published, it seems like currently my options are find the three publishers that are comfortable pu- publishing two-player games or self-publish, right? Yep. Because right. the publishers that only do two-player games, I'm not going to beat out Uwe Rosenberg's next pact work, right? Like, mm-hmm. they've already got their people, basically. So... It's this weird, like, if you've got something that fits this niche and that niche is covered by publishers already, yeah, it's a little bit difficult to break in unless you do it yourself. And, <laughs> so, and, and this is certainly something we should talk about more sometime. I think this is a contraction that that uh, a lot of us have seen coming, that as things mm-hmm. tightened up, it meant that the people are going to go with the reliable people yeah. they know, right? Yeah, that just, that makes sense. And you can't, like, on one hand, I don't blame them. On the other hand, I super blame them. Um, you know, but you know, I think those are both valid stances to take, right? Because like they have to stay open, but also yeah. they need new voices. So, so maybe there's yeah. something that can be done about that. But we'll uh, we'll cover that another time. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on it too. I think that it's not all doom and gloom for us indie developers, but no. I can talk about it's that not. another time. We just have it's to not. do stuff differently. Exactly. Two, yeah. Like we keep talking about publisher or or full-on own business and it's like there's there's a middle there's ground there's, there's a lot of middle, middle ground, ground for sure yeah, lots um, and lots of people have been exploring that over yeah. over the pandemic especially i think yeah yeah, yeah for but, sure um, so those are the games quickly just to talk about the actual games because i didn't really talk about the games i got to pitch amoeba lab uh the ghoulist uh holly and oak and my crossword game all received well except one publisher didn't care about the roman right because they don't do those um got some nice, nice compliments of like you know, nothing is new under the sun, but you've done some like weird, funky twists on things. And I'm like, perfect. I think that's my brand. So it's good that in my very rambling pitch, you got that. I thought um, your brand was polyaminos. Yeah, yeah, but I like putting them in like strange ways. So 
That's I have fair. I have some brands. <laughs> but yeah. Uh that's me. Cool. Uh Roscoe, did you have any publisher meetings? I can't remember. No, nah, I didn't have any set up. Nope. Uh, everybody I talked to was like, we're not receiving applications at this moment. Oh yes, Please we you and I later. actually did talk about that there for a little bit. So um and we still need to chat more about that. Remind me we should chat more about that. Um uh, I, uh, like Roscoe, did not have any pitch meetings set up. Uh, I did get a possible opportunity because I responded to a tweet from a publisher that was looking for a type of game, uh, a specific type of game that I happen to have. Uh, so I showed them that game today. Uh, it went well. And so we'll see what happens. Um, you never know. But uh, at least it went super well. And they, they did enjoy the game uh, and feel like it could work for what they're looking for. So uh, we'll see. But I'm, I'm happy about that. So uh david yeah i only had um one meeting just because you know for what i mentioned the the priority project for pax was just meeting people in person so um i wasn't really going into this like looking to make it a big pitch opportunity um so I, i i had one meeting that i set up um through a a twitter post um that I knew was like probably going to be a long shot and I, it went okay. Um, they, they want to play the game. Um, but the, it also sounds like they pretty much want to change everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to like play it with them just cause like, why not? Um, it could be a good experience and I think they would do a nice job with it. And I'm certain, certainly open to, feedback of what they would like to do but um i'm not like rushing into that playback with a ton of enthusiasm because it seems like they're not running into it with a ton of enthusiasm um i don't really want to work with a publisher who's like super lukewarm on the game (laughs) um so yeah it was it was just a very difficult um meeting to get a read on um but uh, yeah, I, I'll probably just move forward with running through it with them. I, I'd like to get a few more tests on some of the stuff I'm trying before I do that, um, just to make the most of it. But uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was that was my one kind of confusing uh, <laughs> pitch meeting. I remember after that when you were like, "Yeah, they said that they they liked it, but they would just change everything," and I was like, "What?" That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I. <laughs> they, have you considered just have you, making have you a different game? Have you considered yeah. literally anything else? Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I mostly <laughs> want to like go through with it just to get a sense of like where their head is at and like figure out like why they want to see more if they don't like what they see on the surface. I I I just want to like understand we're, this process a little more. We're talking about roommates, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, Not I anymore. Don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know if it's right. because it won an award. If like the award is what they want to be able to um, market a game I by this know. designer. Yeah, it's not it's, really like the one we're publishing. Yeah, here's a, here's a game that won an award, right. but we're not selling that game. <laughs> yeah. right. Um, well, I, right. If they're being honest, that's what's happening. But like, yeah, I if don't they don't know. say the quiet part out loud, then people it's might a, not realize. If they don't say the quiet part out loud, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So it's a good award. 
it's it's like very great that you got it but i no one knows about it outside of designers i yeah and like connor this is a thing i would love to talk to you about maybe not on a podcast but i yeah i I, um yeah like if i guess i guess it looks like an award on a box so yes yeah there's there is a seal that they there's a seal of approval so that's something but it's yeah so i don't know we'll see what happens with that um sort of a curious situation (laughs) i i'll also say like i didn't have publisher pitches but what i was doing was seeking partners and um sponsors and that sort of thing and um yeah i've just a long list of just people i talked to really quickly so and i i felt like it was i was glad that i went because of the high density of people there were for as many people as I found, I think there were still probably 25 I was looking for and didn't find, but um, <laughs> very happy for everybody that I found. And some of them were very serendipitous people like didn't even realize I was looking for. I was like, oh, you're that person? Oh my gosh, I didn't know there was a person who did that. Like, great to meet you. We got to talk. So um, yeah, I have like some new initiatives that I'm getting ready to start up and um, hopefully we'll be having a lot of like after convention conversations, getting feedback from stakeholders and stuff. So excited about that. Very cool. Sweet. Jamie, I know you yeah. talked to some people about your game that we've yeah. heard of before called Fight yeah. Sequence. Yes, Fight Sequence. I may have talked about it on the show before. I can't remember. Um, I don't think so. I, I'm, it seems vaguely familiar, but I'm not 100%, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, let me give you the quick... I'm kidding. Um, so I'm just You can. Yeah. I'm just going to cut it out, though. <laughs> Redact it all. So, uh, yeah, I talked to two publishers. Um, I'm always uh, iffy on whether or not I could say the publishers' names. So it's, I think I'm just going to... No, it's I mean, easier I'll... not... It, you don't have to. It's okay. All right. I, so, I wouldn't. If it was me, I don't think I would say the names of the publishers. And if anybody yeah, else said a name of a publisher tonight, sorry. But I... I, I don't think anyone else did. Yeah, I don't think so. so all right. No. So publisher one is uh, someone that has been interested in the game since back in March. It's Bachelor uh, One. Is that's no, literally okay. what I heard you said that. Um, yeah. So the first publisher, um, they've been super, super interested. Uh, we demoed next to each other at a convention back in March, um, and the the owner, like that comp- that publisher, the head dude who was demoing, um, I've known him for a long time, and so we've been chatting at conventions and stuff like that. But that was this was his first time seeing the game. He sat down, he played it, he loved it. And he was like, oh my God, I would love to like talk about maybe signing the game and stuff. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, and this is a big publisher. So it's super exciting. But I want um, to change the whole thing. Uh, no, they uh, they actually, I got verification right then and there from the head dude that I would maintain full creative control and they would keep my artist and my art. I would be the art director. Um, they would keep the graphic designer, all that good stuff. Um, and then it just kind of like, I gave them the demo at PAX East and then conversation fell off. I I touched base a few times. It fell off. Um, I knew that the owner dude that I was talking to was very bad at responding to emails, but um, they just kind of ghosted me basically. Uh, and then when I saw what project they released that they were working on the whole time, it made sense because uh, it was a huge project that they released. Um, and I touched base with them at PAX Unplugged and they were like, I'm so sorry we ghosted you. Uh, it was not on purpose. We've just been so busy. Um, definitely, like, let's make it happen. And then they actually put in all the work to make it happen. Um, and like touch and like not have my emails drop again. 
um, and they like took the initiative after PAX and emailed me being like, yep, let's set up a time. Um, and so next Wednesday, I am, uh, so re we're recording this on a Thursday. So less than a week from now, I am playing the game with them online to finally get the final say of like, are they adding fight sequence to their line? And it would be an amazing fit. So I'm That's super, awesome. super happy. Um, and then the other one is, um, uh, that was a publisher that I have connection to. We talked a bunch during the last, uh, uh, they're um, they're involved with the Horizon Fellowship, and so we chatted a bunch there at the last Horizon Fellowship uh, meeting. And then I walked by their booth and swung by and was like, oh my god, yeah, you, we were talking during the AMA, I'm this person, all this stuff. Super excited. And then the next day, that, that person who's the head of the publishing company swung by, played the game, super loved it, and was like, I'm obsessed with this game. Um, if it fit in our line, like anytime in the next year, because they make like giant games. Um, not two-player card games that cost $25. So yeah, you know, if it fit in our line, I would sign it in a heartbeat. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, if I could wait like a year and a half or so uh, for them to possibly expand into things that are smaller, like Fight Sequence, then he would want to sign it. Um, but he, you know, since we have that connection with the Horizon Fellowship, he was like, what I will do is this. I'm going to have it simmer. And, oh, and the thing that I forgot to mention Right after he played and before we started this conversation, he asked me a ton of like pointed questions about the overall product design and my plans for the product and how I launch it and all this Ooh. other stuff. And I had really great answers for every single question. So I felt really good about that as a like cementing my knowledge of what I'm trying to release into the world and like have plans there. So that was really good. It's not like you're saying what you want. Right, you're like, yeah, Ooh, no. I wouldn't do that. No. Yeah, yeah. That feels really good when you're talking exactly. to a pro who's done it many times, right? Or you're saying like, right, I yeah, no, I, I did think about it. You had an answer. It's yeah. working for big publishers that have been around the block a few times. So that was really awesome. That was an awesome experience to have. So even if nothing comes from it, that was just super helpful. Um, but he was saying like, he is going to have it simmer, have all the the, the answers to that he got from me simmer. Um and the gameplay, and he's going to talk to all his publisher friends, and he is, uh, I need to email him still, but he said that he would compile a list, including the contact information, like, directly to his friends that, like, own companies and stuff, so I could just ping them and be like, I'm Jamie with Fight Sequence, let's set up a meeting to play the game. Um, which is, mm -hmm. you know, the, the blessing and the curse of cons, and why cons are important, because you make those connections, and it's, you know, I, I know that I'm speaking from a privileged position right. there, which is weird for me to say because I've been underprivileged for so long. Um, so, yeah. So that is how my con went. It went very, very well on the two publisher end. Now I just need to not choke. Awesome. That would be good. <laughs> Try not to choke. All right. So for this last part, yep. we're going to do this rapid fire. We're going to do, I want to know your favorite moment of the con that was con related and your favorite moment of the con that was not uh, something that wasn't con related. Mm -hmm. If you've got one of those, uh, let's start with Jamie. Uh, at Jamie, the con, go for it. I walked up to the colorway booth and I was like, hi, Omari, how's it going? And Omari remembered me from last year's PAX Unplugged. And he was like, you're Jamie and nice. I still have your card. Uh, and I remember it. And I was like, oh my God. And we talked about collaborating um, loosely in a very loose sense. Uh, they're very, Omari's very busy. So I don't know if anything will come from that, but it was very, very cool. Um, not at the con. I went cool. to the in-person Break My Game event uh, on Thursday evening um, when I had nothing to do. And it was super, super awesome to meet 
like, cause that was where I met a bunch of people that I interact with on Break My Game all the time and like admins of the server that I've been a moderator for, for over a year. And uh, that was really, really cool to just sort of like play test in person for the first time in like three years with people that I've known online for two years yeah. and like seeing them in person. It's just like, oh my God, what an amazing experience that was. That was awesome. That's very good. Awesome. Um, I'm going to go next because I remember exactly <laughs> what I want to say and I don't want to, I don't want to forget. Everybody knows I can be forgetful. So, so my favorite thing outside of the con, I'm going to start with that was a turkey sandwich that I had uh, from Herschel's uh, mm-hmm. in the Reading market, uh, which is like a Jewish deli. And oh, oh, oh wow. Yep. It was a hot turkey sandwich uh, with uh, I think provolone. It was a, it was a white cheese. I think it was provolone. Uh, and Russian dressing, uh, and it was grilled, uh, and I ate it in the rain by myself, but you know what? It didn't matter because it was so <laughs> good. So that was cool. Uh, at the con, uh, I mean, obviously like the best part was meeting everyone. Um, uh, but that, I feel like that's just too generic of an answer. So I'm going to give a very specific, uh, thing. So I got to meet Bridget and Delicato, um, who's doing Whoa. the, um, graphic design Whoa. for Tierna Nog. Uh, and I, I love her. Uh, I, she, I always thought she was great, but I got to meet her and she's just as delightful in person. But so there's this, this dude with her. I don't know who he is. He's got a mask on cause we all do. And he starts talking and he's super duper nice. Um, and, uh, he finally, he's like, Oh, I should introduce myself. I'm sorry. He's like, my name is, is Quan Chai. And I was like, what? And it was Quan Chai Mariah. Um, the artist, uh, who's, for anybody who doesn't know is he's like one of the top, like top artists in board games. He's amazing. Um, and we talked for like 15 or 20 minutes and he just like, is the kindest, nicest human I've ever, uh, met. And so like meet your heroes sometimes because it's all right, because he was so cool. (laughs) And here's my favorite thing. So he was like, Oh, what games have you done? Like, tell me about the games you've done. And, I was like, well, um, you know, the first game I did, we were, we were actually at the Grand Gamers Guild booth because we were meeting to talk about Tier and Ugg. And, um, and I was like, oh, the first one I did was with this company was on real estate. And he's like, on real estate. I was like, okay, what? <laughs> he's like, I loved the art from on real estate. I own the art book from on real estate because we published an art book with the game, uh, which was like, really? <laughs> wow. So I have to tell the artist that uh, I haven't had a chance to tell her yet, but I've got to because uh, that was really cool. So that's my stuff. I'll, I won't tell you any more time. Uh, who wants to go next? Give me a volunteer as tribute. Those faces are not great. I volunteer David to go next. <laughs> well done. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I have a favorite thing that happened outside of the con because that's just like my life and it was like other other than the weekend it was like a pretty honestly like a pretty dull three days uh, other than the con so um there that's really fair. there really wasn't much um uh but like i think favorite con moment again like aside from just like meeting everybody um and the magical moment um i had with with uh, Jay that I already talked about. Um, the other big one that comes to mind is I, when I was making my rounds on Sunday, like finally making up, getting up the courage to talk to people who I think do cool things. Um, I went over to the leader games booth and Kyle, the artist who does all their stuff was just like hanging out at the booth. Like no one was talking to him. So I went up and like told him how much I love his art. Um, 
and thanked him for all of the amazing stuff he makes and that my girlfriend and I play all their games and like we just we'll spend time just like looking at the art in in their boxes mm-hmm. um so that was really nice but as we were talking um Cole Worley who you know designs a bunch of their games walked up um and uh we we started talking I was like oh also I love your stuff and then we like we were talking and I'm if you know me you know that I tend to like slip into cheerleader mode where I just like will start saying nice <laughs> things about other people and like not talking about myself or the things I do so I like <laughs> use the opportunity to talk to Cole to like hype up other people <laughs> um so I I was um <laughs> Cole recently on was on a podcast and said a bunch of really nice things about um Zoe's game Persuasion which he he played recently Aww. and um and he's he's also said some really nice things about uh, turncoats um, by Matilda. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I it was just like a really nice moment to like connect with him and be like, thank you for saying nice things about my designer friends. Um, I think you're really cool, but aren't aren't these people I know also really cool? Um, it, it was a, it was fun. It was fun, and um, he's a really sweet dude. And um, yeah, it was just a it was a nice moment getting to meet to like people who I, I I just love most of the stuff they make and um just seeing how like real <laughs> they are um mm-hmm. yeah it was cool that's awesome that's awesome um Connor you're going next because I'm not gonna get tricked by asking for somebody to go <laughs> okay um everything at the convention um it was just a blur, but I think that first night on Friday in the Ann pub room, just being, just walking around and people either being like, it's you, or me being like, it's you. And just, it's like all these people are real and exist and have legs and, you know, so. <laughs> and have legs. And are taller oh. or shorter than I thought. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Brian from the Discord uh, is taller than I thought, much taller. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just that that moment of like, oh, I'm I'm actually, I am part of a thing because it's like kind of mm-hmm. like I'm in all these discords and online things and like in some local groups. I've never had that moment of like the moment where I saw like the North Carolina group meets with the Seattle group because there's a connection in the middle. Meet with the Boston people. Meet with the like all the different people all over the place. It's just like mm-hmm. really cool and strange and great. Um, so that was good. Um, also finding out this funny thing of, sorry, this is more than one thing, but I found this out. So, uh, let me get the order right. Rob Newton, uh, who did Sonora, was in the tabletop mentorship program and mentored Ashwin. No, Clarence, Clarence Simpson. Yep. Um, who then (laughs) mentored Ashwin. Yep. Come out. Uh, who is in Seattle, who knows mm-hmm. Rob. Um, and then that's how Clarence and Ashwin made The Wolves, which had a big old release at yep. Facts Unplugged. And mm-hmm. so just, just finding out that like big chain. And then David's also in the mix with that like <laughs> mentorship of yeah, the mentor. Rob, of the Rob mentor. was my mentor as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently Rob's got some like great mentees out, you know, as in like great grandchildren. 
Grand mentees. He's got a bunch of grand mentees out there, which yeah, I just think great too. Funny. But yes. also great. Rob's a grandparent. <laughs> yes. So that was funny finding that, and everyone was just like sitting at the same table. Um, mm-hmm. That was good. Mm-hmm. Outside of the convention, uh, that market was absurd. They had a lot of stuff. Uh, Reading, yep. whatever it was called. Reading ter- uh, Terminal Market. Yes. If you're uh, ever, had... if you're ever in Philadelphia, go there and get food. It's outrageous. Like all the stuff there is incredible. Yeah. Um, when I was getting a Philly cheesesteak, because I was like, I should probably get a Philly cheesesteak. Which one I you found should. out? Philly cheesesteaks, authentic cheeses, cheese whiz. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. I got the provolone. <laughs> um, but when I was in line for uh, for that, um, there was a stall selling absurd dessert stuff. So I got this absurdly decadent s'mores bar. Uh, which I oh. I saw you eating that and I was like, I feel good. like I am gaining weight watching you eat it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a little sad I didn't find that. Big chunks of chocolate, big old fluffy marshmallows, thick layer graham crack. And that was the yeah, thing. So... I think it was. I can't, I don't know if it was Jason or Matthew, but someone said that the marshmallows looked like mushrooms. <laughs> and I was like, what on earth do you think Connor is eating? It wasn't me. Oh, it was, that was me. That was I did you. say that. Yeah, yeah, that was the s'mores bar. I didn't realize that was a s'mores bar. I would have went and got that. I think I feel like I was not with it then because I would have ran and I love s'mores. S'mores are my favorite thing in the world. Wow. Like if somebody was like, I'll okay. give you all these s'mores, but you're going to have to give me your kids. I'd be like, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> so like, I hope they don't listen to this. Oh my God, incredible. It's, That's wild. I didn't say I would do it. I said I was going to think about it, okay? Amazing. You, you, didn't give me pause. you didn't say you weren't yes, going to do you. it. <laughs> All right, Connor's done talking. Yes, I'm done. <laughs> Heather, tell us about your stuff. Uh, again, Yeah, like everybody else is saying, just seeing a lot of people that either I haven't seen for a really long time or I've only met them online um, was really great. And there were some people that I thought were like total stranger. I'm like, oh, you came to Protospiel online like two years ago. Now I kind of remember your name that you tell me the whole name. Um, but it's just been a really long time since I've talked to you. And uh, yeah, at the convention, I'm going to do two because I actually went to two conventions. I didn't mention this, but I swung oh, by. I swung by CrafterCon on the way to PAX because Protospiel Michigan was, or sorry, Madison was the same weekend. And um this is the first time I've gotten on a plane in two and a half years. And I felt sad about not seeing that group of friends because they wouldn't be at PAX. So mm. I kind of rearranged all my travel plans so that I could see whoever was there on Thursday. And the and somebody who just recently joined BTG uh, weekly meetup, Emily Vincent, who we were all talking about, we're going to PAX and who, raising our hands, who's going to PAX. And Emily's kind of like, not me. I was like, really? Because uh. you're like Boston. So I was surprised. Yeah. Emily's local to me. Right. Um, so then that was kind of all there was to it. But when I went to CrafterCon, uh, I sat down like the people that I was expecting to see. I was talking to them and having coffee like before it started. And she walked up and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're here. And she's like, you're here. Oh, I was so sad. Like all the FOMO and like the things you were talking about bringing. And she was able to get everything, I, all the presents I was bringing oh. for people and participate in things. And so it was really awesome to get to kind of just hang out with her for that one morning. That's great. Um, so that was a big memory for me, uh, before I even got to PAX, but it was a con (laughs) and, um, (laughs) and a lot of other people there too, that I just hadn't seen for a long time or I'd never met in person. And then at the convention, I think something I will never forget is that, uh, 
part of the reason I wanted to go is people from far away who have been part of my community were coming that I've never met or whatever. And one of those was Joachim from Germany that I mentioned before. And um, he found me in the unpud room and gave me a present. I opened it up Mm -hmm. and it was like something he had ordered custom and hadn't even opened yet. Like it was taped up shut. And it was a mug that said, number one board game mom with the <laughs> protospiel online blueprint background it's, it looks so good it was yeah. so cute basically that's an inside joke between he and i that he had come a couple times and i had yet to play a game with him to protospiel online and i played a game with him and he's like i'm so nervous i really want you to like my game because you're like please don't be offended but you're like my board game mom like you make me feel like everything's <laughs> gonna be okay like i can do it and i was like um, I'll, I'll allow it. (laughs) And so it's really lovely to have that mug. That was very, very special. Um, and, and also I showed it to everybody and lots of other people like, yeah, exactly. And I was like, thanks guys. That was like, that was just like a verbal hug you're all giving me. Um, that's the only type of hugs I'm really taking. So perfect. Um, And then outside of the convention, we stayed longer um, part of the reason, like part of the way we made this trip work is I didn't want to be all by myself. I wanted Will to come with me, but he doesn't like conventions. So we decided actually Jason bought his badge from us. And so you can thank me for Jason coming. I talked him into it. It's true. He just kept harassing me until I said I would. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I made it easier for you to say yes, but you absolutely did. And I appreciate yeah. that. And something that um, Will really likes to explore cities and that's something I know about him. He likes big cities. I'm really not a big city person. So he's like, I know you'll like Philly. You'll probably like Philly. So you come, you enjoy Philly, you figure things out, you find places to take me when I'm not at the convention. And so we had a day of like, he, he was doing that. Like while I was at the convention, he was scoping things out and he like took me downtown and we took a really long walk, like from one end of the city to the other on a, on Monday and just saw a lot of independence hall the liberty bell we went to that market will was like this is dumb it's like a food court why is everybody like so obsessed with this (laughs) i was like let's go in here i want to know what it is everybody talks it up and like he loves um like mall pretzels like good pretzels oh yeah And there was a pretzel place Mm -hmm. i'm like that looks good he's like yeah it does (laughs) we got got a pretzel and lemonade and he was like this is really good i'm guessing it was miller's miller's twist yes that's exactly like it's one of the best pretzels you can get in philly it's unbelievable (laughs) yeah yeah so we found the right one yeah and um and there's also just it seems like philadelphia takes its art really seriously and i found myself feeling like this is like paris did they model this city after paris it kind of feels like paris like not as fancy, but just sort of the way the streets are laid out and the way they're, the monuments and the buildings look, it feels a little Parisy. And there's a Rodin <laughs> museum that you can just walk around for free, part of it, the part that's a garden. So, um, yeah, that was a really, it's been a long time since I've gone on an adventure with Will and like taken pic- a ridiculous number of pictures of everything around me. <laughs> and so that was, that was something that was good for me. I'm glad that I did that. Yeah. That's awesome. Last but not least, Roscoe. Uh, yeah, so I'll do the one that's uh, not from the convention first. So um, my best friend, Tony, lives in Portland. Uh, he moved out there for work probably about 10 years ago. And so I don't get to see him very often, only when he flies in usually. And so I just suggested that, like, you should come to one of these conventions that I go to because you'd have a lot of fun. He's like a big uh, gamer, you know, magic player, D&D kind of person. So 
uh, he came in, he stayed at my house. And so we took the train in every day and we walked around the convention hall some and just kind of hung out and uh, had a nice weekend. So that was kind of a, a cool thing to have uh, uh, him, him along for that. Uh, the coolest part of the convention, usually for me, it's always hanging out in the unpub room. So uh, besides getting to meet all uh, the builders, which was awesome, um, like I got to uh, catch up with my friend Keith, who I met at like Proto Proto ATL like six years ago, and haven't seen him since the pandemic, mm. and like just a bunch of G Donk people, and just like all that kind of stuff. Like, and I always just find like I think Unpub's awesome, and I think that um, yeah, Ben and them do a great job, but also like there's just like a great energy there. All the all the designers are like really yeah. friendly. They'll help test each other's games and like give ideas, and like um, everyone's just really supportive. And I just like it's always my favorite like spot because like you never know what you're going to run into or, or who's going to stop by. And like, you know, you just feel, I always feel first, I should speak to myself, um, really energized after like either playing someone else's game or having them play mine and just kind of like talking about and talking shop and that kind of stuff. So um, that's definitely like uh, my favorite part of the, of the con. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was fun. This was uh, this was nice to chat with everybody who I hung out with yeah. at PAX about PAX. It was fun to reminisce about something that felt like actually feels like it was a while ago, but it was like <laughs> days ago. So yeah. that's um, the rough bit about conventions. It really feels is. like it's forever ago already. The, and the the coming down from conventions is never fun because like no. you're like oh this was so fun and now it's gone. Yeah. Well and. And it's a lot to prepare for. It takes it's a, it's expensive. It, yeah. it takes yep. a lot of energy. It's risky right now, health wise, mm-hmm. and so uh-huh. yeah, it's um yeah. It's I, I feel true. I feel like it's kind of a bummer that it's neat that it's the way that we see each other personally. But yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm we'll have to organize a small we'll get together or something. You know, yeah, I'm It'll optimistic that it is, you know, temporary. That that's the only way we're going to see each other in person mm-hmm. in Agreed. our lives. Um, yeah. All right, y'all. Well, this was super fun. I hope that the builders enjoyed it as well. Um, but Hey builders, if you want to reach out and tell us how much you enjoyed it, uh, or didn't or did, um, you can go to buildingpodcast.com. There you can find a link to our discord channel. You can join our discord. You can hang out with us. If you have negative feedback, I suggest you come bring it on Tuesday night at 8 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, we'll be in that channel. You can tell us all of your negative thoughts and honestly, we will listen and just be excited that you're there. So uh, please do that. Uh, also, um, you can, of course, find us. Um, uh, you can, of course, email us to buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to have to do the thing where we all do our own Twitter handles because I realize that I can't remember everyone's off the top of my head. I can remember most of yours, but I don't want to say whose I can't. So I'm just going to let everybody do their own. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Heather, what is yours? I run the Protospiel online, P-R-O-T-O-S-P-I-E-L-O uh, Twitter handle, and my personal Twitter handle is Heather D. Newton. D is and, a David. <laughs> and Connor? Uh, mine is at Connor J. Wake. Everybody loving the middle initials there. Uh, David? Uh, mine is just my name, David Masnato. No middle, no middle initial. initial. No middle saying? initial. You got lucky. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm one of two on the on the planet, so I tend to grab all of the usernames. <laughs> uh, Roscoe, um, I'm one of one, so I was going to say you're just... probably the only <laughs> Roscoe Shock. Yeah, so I just get Roscoe Shock. That's it. 
I uh, I remember one time Carol Mertz was on the show and she said, yeah, I have all that on the social media stuff. She said, I always have at Carol Mertz because there are plenty of other people named Carol Mertz, but they're in their 80s. So uh, <laughs> I beat him to it. Uh, and then Jamie, go ahead. So mine is at 3X Rainbow Games. That's the and, number three. Uh, yes, number three. And uh, the podcast is at Podcast BTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. Uh, once again, we hope you come back, uh, this week, next week, every week, all the weeks. Um, and I just want to remind you that as the great David Masnato once said, what this was really about was all the friends we met along the way. (laughs) This is the last time I'm coming on this podcast. (laughs) Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh yes, I'm in the side. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode. That's when it technically ends.